So a couple years ago, I read this book, Good to Great. It is a business book. I read it after actually watching the author of the book, Jim Collins, speak at a leadership summit uh, that was simulcast all over the U.S. Now, here's what Jim Collins had done. He researched several businesses. He used a team of researchers and graduate assistants to do this. So it was extensive, and he was really trying to determine why were some companies merely good and some companies excelled and they became extraordinary and awesome. And he was comparing companies that had the same market conditions, selling very similar things, running very similar business models so that we weren't comparing things that had too many variables like somebody enduring a booming economy and somebody else enduring a bust economy. And it was interesting because he wasn't comparing like the top round draft pick company against the last place company. A lot of people did that and the hallmarks between the companies were really obvious. What he was doing was looking at company number one versus second place in the industry basically. Why did number one jump so far ahead of number two? So his graduate assistants, they went around and they came back and they said, you know, well, it's this thing or it's that thing or it's this or it's that. Or it's that. And, and he found all of these defining characteristics. One of the most revelatory was this, the good companies. So they were excelling. They were making money. They were turning a profit. You would have been happy and would have made a lot of income had you invested in those companies. They all began by defining their mission statement, their vision statement. What were they going to sell? How were they going to do it? They began by defining organizational charts and structure. They began by creating these different strategies. In other words, they started in an eerily similar way to what most of us would do if we were launching a new business today. The great companies, the ones that excelled, did something that seems almost counterintuitive. Rather than starting with a what, they all began with a who. They didn't determine how they were going to be structured. They didn't even decide what they were going to sell or the business model that they were going to implement. They just decided if we get the right people together, all of those other issues will take care of themselves. Collins likened the companies to a bus. And he said most people become enamored with the bus. Where's the bus going to go? What color is the bus going to be? How are we going to arrange the seats on the bus? How fast is the bus going to drive? What's the output of the bus? What gas and fuel do we put in the bus? And he said more important than the bus is the people on the bus. The who. If you get the right people on the bus, the bus will do what it's supposed to do every time. If you focus on the bus itself, well, empty buses and buses with people that can't drive, they don't generally make it as far as the other buses. So what he said was many times it makes sense to start with who. Hey friends, I wanted to take a few moments from the podcast just to let you know about a unique relationship that I have for which I'm very thankful for. Back in 2018, I began working in some capacity on staff with Crosswinds Foundation for Faith and Culture. Now, I, I say some capacity because there is a long story behind it that I will tell you on an upcoming episode 
of the Advanced Cast. Uh, however, through that relationship with the founder and executive director, Bob Waldrop, who started Crosswinds Foundation for Faith and Culture back in 2008 as a means to engage people about the current cultural issues of the day in the public sphere from the standpoint of faith and hope and uh, empowerment. Because of that relationship, we have the opportunity now to run the advance, not as a for-profit organization or not as a moneymaker, but really we can run this as a nonprofit. That means that we're empowered now to help people wherever they are and move them to where they're designed to be. And that means that if part of your unique call is to jump on board with us and help us create a movement, once again, that empowers people to move from where they are to where they're designed to be. If you want to help a movement that's designed to help people move from where they are to where they're designed to be in, in every area of life, whether that's in the area of their family or their finances or their health or what they do for work as they find and fulfill their purpose or even their faith life, as we really feel that faith should infuse all of this, then I would encourage you to follow the link below at the show notes and just go over to Crosswinds Foundation for Faith and Culture. Learn more about the incredible organization that Bob founded there that has released multiple documentaries on post-traumatic stress disorder, on moral injury, on even families. Learn about several of the books that uh, I've honestly been fortunate enough to work with him as he's created, uh, learn more about how you can even give a designated uh, one-time or recurring donation to the advanced movement. Those are, because it's a 501c3, all tax deductible. You'll have to get with your attorney as you sort through all the details. But I thank you so much for following along, listening to the podcast. We'll get back to the show right now. Okay, Randy. You've read the book. Yes. Talk to me. Um, actually, we're, I'm working with a company right now that's figuring this out because they've hired all the wrong people. They're figuring it out the hard way. <clears throat> yes. And so they look at their company that's about eight years old, and it's a wreck. And Can you say that on the podcast? <clears throat> I mean, they know it. I mean, you know. Oh, so they're... <laughs> It's not news. No. And so as we've been strategizing together with the whiteboard and working everything out, um, they realize that they have need to make better hires. Now, this is not so much for like us, but it just is an example. It's very clear to me. So we've got this one guy coming in. We just hired. He'll be here in, in uh, May. And he his skill level is at the place where he's who you want on the bus. The, and if, if we're trying to get someone that knows more and can do things, that's the one. Uh, but we also have guys that some people just don't like being with, right? Do, do you would play into that too, right? I mean, I'm, I'm well, assuming. So I, I was just working with another guy. He runs a coaching organization, and he said this. He said, I want to hire people to where if they, if, if, if they call and I see their name pop up on the phone, right. like I want to answer it. Like, you know, it doesn't mean I can't answer it every time. I might be at lunch. I might be in a meeting. I might have a client or something else going on. Sure. But, like, I don't want to have this internal reaction of, like, oh, you know, like, I want people yes. that there's this connection with. And, you know, and the reality is a lot of times we're in situations where, like, you just need to get a friend group or something, mm-hmm. throw some people off the bus, and move on. Sure. Uh, yeah. The the people seem to matter 
a whole lot. It does to me. You know, I've, I, in the course of my life, I've always tried, and it doesn't, it's not always a perfect scenario, but I've always kind of wanted a Paul in my life, someone that was a little further down the road than me that I could, they could mentor me when I was a young dad or a young parent, I mean, a young husband or whatever, you know. And, and when I was doing ministry, I wanted somebody a little further down the road. I also wanted somebody that would just encourage me and not beat me up. You know, I wanted a Barnabas kind of in my life. If you're a biblical guy, you, yeah, yeah. you know, I wanted that. I wanted, yeah. I wanted somebody that would just go, Hey man, you're doing all right. Hang in there. But then I found it helpful as I began to get older. If I could find somebody behind me, like a Timothy that I could teach, it was also helpful because it ingrained, it, it cemented in me the principles that I knew as I taught them to someone behind me. It made me better at those principles as well. Right. And so, you know, I've, I've always kind of tried to have that in the mix. Yeah. Well, it's it's the whole relational component. Um, well, let me give you this. Here's what's interesting. Let me give you this basketball example. That's kind of a business example was the Jim Collins thing. Eventually, we're going to kind of make this all Bible and relate it to, you know, really who we are and how we were created to be. But I was reading this book several years ago, The Fifth Discipline by Peter Singe. I hope I pronounced that right. Mm -hmm. And in it, it's a business book. <clears throat> he quotes Bill Walton from the Boston Celtics. Now, right. Walton was playing back in the day. You know, we get all these debates, you know, could LeBron beat, you know, the Chicago Bulls? Right. I, like, I saw a meme floating out the other day, and it said, could, could the Lakers today beat the Bulls of the 90s? And Jordan said... The Bulls, now allegedly Jordan said, right. the Bulls would probably win by three or four points. And they said, you know, the, the question, the follow-up question is, well, why? And I guess they're thinking, well, there's no way the Bulls would beat the Lakers. Or, and, and George replies, well, we're all in our 60s now. <laughs> I love so, it. Like, <laughs> so all this, anyway. Walton is playing back. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think he was on his way out when Jordan and all those guys are coming in. Maybe, maybe he played with Bird some. I don't, but he says, he says this. Uh, this is almost almost a quote. Mm -hmm. I just remember reading it several years. ago. He says, "By design and by talent, the Celtics were a team of specialists, and like every team of specialists, we all knew that we had to do exactly our job to make the team better." So he continues. We all knew what our strengths were. We all knew what our weaknesses were. And we played from our strengths to the strengths of everyone else that was on the team. So they're working as a unit, as one. It said there would be certain nights when they're playing and everybody, it would just click in such a way that it almost became surreal. And they step out of hmm. the environment that they're in and it just kind of elevates and he says, you could sense it. The crowd could sense it. The other team played better. The refs were better. They were better. He says, I, it almost just became magical. Wow. And he's really talking about when you tap into the dynamics of the relationships and people just being there together on the same page. Mm. Make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah, in my own life, I've I've seen that. Well, I mean, that's that's sort of how you and I have developed a relationship. I don't know 
your I don't know what your benefit is, but for me, you had some skill levels that were somewhat intimidating to me from a tech perspective, and I kept thinking, man, how is he doing that? You know, and when you say you crank out a book a month, and I crank out out a book every five years, or it feels like I don't you know, crank out. A, I did that for one season. <laughs> I, under a specific but I'm like, project. man, there's a better way of doing things, and so you know, as I've hung around you, I become better at what I want to be as a writer. Uh, because you're one of the guys that helps me by being in my bus, so to speak. And so yeah, yeah. I, from just my personal perspective, I've seen the benefit of that. Sometimes it is so much easier to see this stuff visually than it is to hear it. And so what we've done is we've created this PDF that you can download absolutely free. It is just a couple pages document that is going to help you visually see how do you build a bridge from where you are to where you're designed to be. And then how do you break it down to where you know which steps to take for your unique dream. All of that is in a PDF down below. If you want to see the bridge and then be able to just visualize it, it's, it's a worksheet. You can write directly on top of it and you will have a roadmap, a plan to move from where you are to where you're designed to be in every area of life. Download the PDF of the bridge. It's in the show notes below. That will help you create the roadmap to move from where you are to where you're designed to be. Well, let's talk about biblically why some of that stuff's true. And then at the end of it, I want to make it a per, per important observation about uh, you know how many people could actually be on on the bus. Um, this whole good great thing it taps into something that I really believe is theologically true, and namely this: you're created for relationship because God is relational. So go way back to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter one, and you see this refrain that happens over and over and over. It's so subtle that if you haven't really paid attention to it, you wouldn't notice it. But then once you see it, you can't unsee it. So throughout Genesis one, there's this refrain. God said, let us make man in our image. Or God said, let us make trees or let us make or let us make let us let us it's this plurality that exists that at the core god in and of himself is relational you, you see that mm-hmm. yeah and I, I think it continues because again i just referenced it in genesis one twenty six when mankind is made we're made in his image let us make man in our image, relational. Um, there's this interesting story that then occurs. You know, Adam's there and he's given stewardship to name all of the animals. They come by two by two and it says, but for Adam, there was a suitable helper not found, a suitable mm-hmm. companion, suitable mate. And, and I know people all over are going to say, well, that, you know, the woman, the helper, like that's derogatory. God is called our helper. Right, <laughs> the right. Holy Spirit is called our helper. So it's, it's a companion like him of his kind. And, you know, it's got this great story where... Two by two, they all come by, and Adam is naming them, and it says that a suitable helper for him is not found, and God said, this is not good. That's the first instance of not 
good in in that story. Right. And it's when the man is alone. And I remember thinking through this one day, and I, I was like, yeah, it, did, did this just shock God? Like all of a sudden, oh, oversight. Uh, I missed this. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> or like I was able, I, I was able to bake a star, but you know, and, and, and make a millipede, but I missed that. Or is it that he knew God that like all men living today, uh, most of the time, we just need to see stuff for ourselves and figure it out the hard way that it's not good. And, <laughs> right, and I think right. that's more of it. Like God knew, but he knew Adam needed to see, okay, this is super important that I'm in relationship somehow. I'm designed for it. I'm created for it. And I'm not completely fulfilled until I'm in it. Make sense? Yes. Yeah. So many different ways. I mean, when you, you start thinking about the scriptures, you know, I mean, think about like in Ecclesiastes where it says two are better than one for there's a good return for their labor, right? So if I'm in relationship with someone who's a true partner, there is mutual benefit that, that takes place in that. Right. Well, let's continue tracing this on. And when you get into the New Testament, here's what's an interesting twist on what Jesus says. I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 14. Mm-hmm. So so often, I think growing up in the church, we equated that statement with dogma, with doctrine, with facts and figures. I'm not saying doctrine's not important. I think it is. Mm-hmm. However, right there, he just embodied truth in a person, not dogma. Right. He said, I'm the way. I'm the truth. Truth at its core is relational. And if you continue that verse, he says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. So if we were, and I get it, you know, people are going to read that and they're going to go, okay, well, Jesus is the way to heaven, not hell. But that's not what he says in that verse. Mm-hmm. If you read that verse, he's saying, I'm the way, I'm the truth, truth embodied in person. I'm taking you to the Father. I'm not taking you primarily to a place. I'm taking you to a person. Mm-hmm. In other words, he essence of a relationship, taking people to a deeper relationship. Thief on the cross uh, that repents. You know, you got two thieves that die with Jesus. One mocks him. The other one repents there, literally a deathbed or death-hung mm-hmm. confession. And... He acknowledges that Jesus did nothing wrong. Remember me. And Jesus says, today you'll be with me in paradise. So he does acknowledge that place, paradise. But primarily, it's that relational. You'll be with with me. Right. Not just be somewhere better. Be with a person. So there's this relational dynamic. Uh, we, we read that Psalms 68.6, God takes the lonely, sets them in families. He binds all of us, Ephesians 2.19, into the household of God. So there's this relational dynamic that we're created for that we're not quite right without. Not quite whole. Not quite living our purpose. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I mean, you just keep going on and on through the scriptures. It's like that. You know, when he's in the um, upper room and he speaks to the fact that I'm in the Father, Father's in me, I'm in you, you in me. You know, so there's that. We're just intertwined. And John even goes on to say in First John that we have this fellowship with them. He wants us to share in that that intimacy, right? And so you see it. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. 
right. that, that we are relational people. And I guess that's what I'm hearing you say. Yeah. Well, there, there's this interesting dynamic uh, in the Old Testament, the Tower of Babel story. Mm. All of the people get together and they're making this monument to themselves. And it seems from reading that text of Genesis 11 that their goal is to reach up to heaven. And they're, they're just going to, it's like people today. We're just going to use all of our stuff, use all of our energy, all of our resources, all of our money. We're going to get all these other people working you know, for us, climb up to the heavens and self-actualize or whatever. And it says kind of this ironic phrase, so God came down mm-hmm. and looked upon them. And then he, he says, now these people are united. They have one heart, one voice, one mind. Nothing they propose to do will be withheld from them. Wow. Yeah, right. And in other words, he's saying a unified people can accomplish anything they want to. And it's in that story, they're not doing anything holy. They're not, I mean, arguably, they're, they're building a, a, a pagan idol of self-worship. They're not doing something to serve others. They're right. serving themselves. They're not doing anything that's glorifying God. Yet, God looks at that and says, because they're unified, they could achieve anything they want. And so that's where he comes down and confounds their language. Mm-hmm. And then they scatter across the face of the earth. Uh, maybe one more observation and then let's start breaking it all down. Psalms 133, 1 through 2 says, How blessed is it for brothers to dwell in unity, oneness. It's like the oil flowing down the head of Aaron, like oil flowing down the beard and off the robes. Right. There the Lord has commanded his presence. And so you, you look at that. It, that author, probably David, is alluding to the Old Testament passages in Leviticus 8 where the priesthood would be set aside and they would be anointed with oil and they believed that from that moment the presence and empowerment of God literally enveloped the man to accomplish his purposes, Mm -hmm. to accomplish the reason that he was commissioned. David is writing in Psalms 133 that when there is unity, when there is this oneness together, it is the same as the presence and empowerment of God anointing a priest. And yet here it is. They could be doing whatever it is that they're doing if they're together. So now we're back at that bus analogy about getting the right people together in relationship and some incredible things can happen. Let's apply it. Let's break it down. All right. Okay. So how many guys do you know have two or three friends that they could call at 2 a.m. in the morning. Man, you know, when you start thinking of it in terms of that, not very many. I, I think a lot of guys, um, by nature of men, we tend to think we're self-sustaining and things like that. Um, I I have worked hard. Every relationship I wanted, you pursue. I've, I've discovered that. It just rarely happens. This has been my deal. You know, I, I pursue those. Well, you said every relationship you want, you have to pursue. I believe that's I mean, true. that's an important thing for, I mean, ideally both people are pursuing it. Right. But yes, every relationship you want, you have, mm-hmm. I would just, re- I don't want to interrupt you. I just mm-hmm. want to pers- put a, a, a whatever, a. Emphasis. No. Yeah, yeah. I was say a, a bold or a highlight, but you can't right. do that on audio. Right. Um, but so that's been true of me. And so I 
I really have three or four really close. You know, when you're a, an extroverted person like I am, everybody's my buddy. You know, but you realize I've that's had, different though. I know. I realize I've had a thousand friends, but about an inch deep. You know, in that sense. But those guys that I could call right now and they would drop whatever they're doing and come are about four guys. But it takes some time to develop those relationships. But I can identify those. What do you think? The, you think everybody else has that? No, I think I think most people don't. In right. fact, I was at an advance event one time in Seattle, and I remember we were teaching this, and and you just knew that there are a lot of guys there that are lonely. I mean, most guys are they're just straight up, and so you know what we raised the question in that moment. Hey, I, I told the guy, I said, here's what I'm going to do. If you don't have anybody that would be in your inner circle that that, that would fulfill that role, mm-hmm. you know, you could call them at 2 a.m. You could tell them anything. Now, they might correct you and say, hey, you're not looking at but, but you could tell them and they're not going to dissociate from you. Right. If, if you don't have that, in a minute, I'm going to ask you to stand up. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to give everybody in the room about 10 to 15 seconds to where they can look and they notice the guys that are standing up and then I'm going to invite them if they are willing to walk with you for the next six months until the next live event mm-hmm. that we have mm-hmm. to talk with you every week to effectively fill that role. And you're going to have to reciprocate. You guys are making a six month commitment to each other. That's it. What you do after that, what it looks like now and then is completely up to you. If that's you in a minute, I'm going to ask you to stand up, and then some guys are going to come around you. Mm-hmm. Okay, y'all swap numbers. I'll give you a couple minutes to do that, and then we'll go on. Now, now by this time in the event, we'd done all day Friday. Uh, this was late on a Saturday. So guys have had the chance to interact in some free time. They've been there in sessions. So that they're, they're really getting to know each other. And so I remember in that moment going, okay, let's do it. If, if you need some men around you, stand up. Instantly, like five guys stood up. Now, this is a room, maybe 125 people were at that workshop. Uh, as guys started circling around those guys, mm-hmm. to where they all had two or three, all of a sudden, other guys stood up. Uh-huh. Like they saw it was safe. Right. And so, and like, I actually was up front, and I said, I said, okay, wait, hold on, pause. I've got some other guys standing up. So what I want you to do is if you've got guys around you now, I want y'all to sit down so that we can identify the other ones that want want and need a band of brothers around right. them. Right. And so once guys saw it was safe, like they, they were like, well, I'm, I'm getting in on that. Right? Yeah. And so I think there's that tension that you've got friends when you're growing up, you know, you get married, you know, or you get into a career. Your work friends aren't really your friends. It doesn't mean they're not valuable relationships. But you got to think about it. If you change jobs, would you still have the same relationships with those friends? Right. And if you would, like that's a true depth of friendship. If it would not continue, then that's not really that kind of friend that we're talking about. Yeah. And, and I think it's so crucial. I mean, I really, I, and again, I work hard at this, but I'm like you. I talk to a lot of guys who don't have any friends. In fact, sometimes, you know, I get guys that pour their heart out to me, and I barely know them, but they don't have anybody. I mean, if they're going to come pour it out to me, it's obvious. They don't, don't have. Right. Yeah. And and how crucial is that that we have? The, now, if you play sports, you may. If you were in the military, you may. But 
it doesn't come naturally to men to have those those relationships. We have to work at it. Yeah, well, here's one way you can gauge it. So you go back through the framework that we've talked about, what, how, why. Mm-hmm. First three, rungs of the ladder. What, how, why. Who's the fourth rung of the ladder? Mm-hmm. So you're going to get higher and closer to your dream with each rung. Right. Meaning you're not going to be all that you could be apart from some relationships. You'll tell strangers the what, the idea, the dream. Mm-hmm. So two guys sit down together at the park bench or waiting on whatever, waiting on the bus. You're you know waiting in line you know because it's taking too long at Starbucks. You hey, what do you do? That's well, a what? Yes. Okay. You'll you'll talk to someone else that's a little bit closer about the how. Mm-hmm. Like hey, I'm not sure how to change the light bulbs. But but you're not going to just ask anybody that, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's got to right. be a little bit. I mean, if you're going to admit you have some deficiency in some kind of managing your time or skill or relationship or whatever, like that's going to have to be a closer relationship. But the why, the true depth and raw stuff that's inside your heart, your identity, some of those things we talked about in the previous episode, you're going to tell that with people that are even closer. Sure. Makes sense? Yes. Which then becomes a problem because if, if your wife doesn't even know the dreams that you've got, you haven't even told her the what – That'll help you peg where that relationship is mm-hmm. right away. Again, no shame. Right. You grow it. Pick it up, grow it. Right. Uh, just just a thought. What else? So how are we gonna how would you recommend guys find the who? That's a great question. I don't I don't know. I do know that you gotta find it though, because there, if you have the right who, you can and will do almost anything with more enjoyment. Right. When you think about it right now in Hollywood where everybody has the money, fame, accolades, the divorce rate mm-hmm. is the highest relationships tank the quickest. Mm-hmm. And then yet I've got friends that if they said, Hey, we're going to go shovel a yard full of dog poop. Right. I'd be like, okay, let's go, let's go do it. Like that's, that right. sounds fun. Right. And you're like, I, I, so I, I really think, you look back on your life and you say, this doesn't absolve you of personal responsibility at all. But you look back and go, every good decision that I made and every bad decision I made, it was probably linked more to a relationship mm-hmm. than anything else. And again, that doesn't absolve, absolve you from responsibility. It doesn't right. absolve you from like the triumphs and glory and good things you've done either. I, I just think it's important. I think it comes down to like what you said. You're going to have to pursue the relationship that you want. Mm-hmm. And so you look back at it and you go, well, how many people can that be on a bus? I mean, you really got to think about a short bus, like a little van. Right. Like the little van, you know, we got on the the, the little logo. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like how many people can you fit on that van? You, yeah. you, you, you can fit like just a five, six. Yep. Max. So this isn't acquaintances. This isn't everybody. Uh, yeah, your wife needs to be on there in some sense. Sure. But it's a different dynamic with other guys yep. Yep. Um, or females with other females. I think you've got to pursue the relationships that you want, which means you've got to make time for them. You've got to intentionally call them. If you feel drawn to some people, it might just be as simple as saying it. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, I was thinking about when we were talking about this, like the, um, uh, 
the heart aspect of things. You know, I mean, if we do listen to our heart, we know that we need some other men in our life and in our wife specifically. But I think if we listen to that, then we do make that phone call and we just start a relationship. Ask them out to lunch. Ask them to do whatever. Uh, you know, whatever you're into, bring them into it and, and just see where it takes you. Um, but I'm pretty intentional about those things and over the course of my life. And one of my closest friends is a guy that's my kid's age. But it was at a time when I was looking for that Timothy guy that I mentioned. That I just yeah. wanted to help. Well, it turned out as we've gone through life now for about 15 years, we just have an undeniable relationship and love for each other right. that's healthy. And it's not really about a who's over who or who knows more. It's just there's a mutual relationship that birthed out of that. Uh, and I would tell you one of my other closest friends is my 23-year-old son by virtue of the fact that all my other kids were gone were out gone. of the house and he was it. But as he grew up, I remember the conversation we had one day in the car. He was probably 14. He said, you know, Dad, if we were the same age, we'd be best friends. You know, now that for a dad, that's like a crazy conversation to have. Yeah. But it's true. And today, Jackson is one of my closest friends. He's a, he's a trusted source. I could tell him he knows as much about me as my own wife does. And I think you've got to work those things. Right. Find them. I mean, I th- yeah, I think it's, it's, it, it, it all comes down to intentionality. I, I don't think we could solve it in a, you know, 30 minutes on audio, but I do think it's important enough to pause and say, hey, this is the fourth rung on the ladder. Mm-hmm. If you want to achieve your dreams, you're going to go farther, faster with people than you are going as just your person. Hey, so we actually record this podcast and release it once a week but if you would like the advance on the go that's not really even the official title of it but i've got to come up with something else because we used to call it the advance cast it is a daily text bot that will deliver you hope-filled inspiration and communication every single day even on saturdays even on sundays at around 12 noon. Uh, sometimes it's just going to be some image or graphic with uh, a, a verse or a quote. Sometimes it's going to be a link to, oh, hey, here's a video that we shared several years ago that you might benefit from. Uh, most of the time, it is just, again, a douse of hope and something that's going to help you uh, have a kick in the middle of the day. Here's how to get it. Text the word ADVANCE to 205 205- Two five nine five two two one. That is just the word advance to two zero five two five nine five two two one. I know you're thinking, well, I, I can't remember that. It's in the show notes down below. Advance to two zero five two five nine five two two one.